part one chapter two section two of crime and punishment by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part one chapter two section two since then sir marmeladov went on after a brief pause since then owing to an unfortunate occurrence and through information given by evil-intentioned persons in all which darya frantsovna took a leading part on the pretext that she had been treated with want of respect since then my daughter sofya semyonovna has been forced to take a yellow ticket and owing to that she is unable to go on living with us for our landlady amalia fyodorovna would not hear of it though she had backed up darya frantsovna before and mr lebeziatnikov too hm all the trouble between him and katerina ivanovna was on sonya's account at first he was for making up to sonya himself and then all of a sudden he stood on his dignity how said he can a highly educated man like me live in the same rooms with a girl like that and katerina ivanovna would not let it pass she stood up for her and so that's how it happened and sonya comes to us now mostly after dark she comforts katerina ivanovna and gives her all she can she has a room at the kapernaumovs the tailors she lodges with them kapernaumov is a lame man with a cleft palate and all of his numerous family have cleft palates too and his wife too has a cleft palate they all live in one room but sonya has her own partitioned off hm. yes very poor people and all with cleft palates yes then i get up in the morning put on my rags lifted up my hands to heaven and set off to his excellency ivan afanasyevitch his excellency ivan afanasyevitch do you know him no well then it's a man of god you don't know he is wax wax before the face of the lord even as wax milteth his eyes were dim when he heard my story marmeladov once already you have deceived my expectations i'll take you once more on my own responsibility that's what he said remember he said and now you can go i kissed the dust at his feet in thought only for in reality he would not have allowed me to do it being a statesman and a man of modern political and enlightened ideas i returned home and when i announced that i had been taken back into the service and should receive a salary heavens what a to-do there was marmeladov stopped again in violent excitement at that moment a whole party of revellers already drunk came in from the street and the sounds of a hired concertina and the cracked piping voice of a child of seven singing the hamlet were heard in the entry the room was filled with noise the tavern-keeper and the boys were busy with the newcomers marmeladov paying no attention to the new arrivals continued his story he appeared by now to be extremely weak but as he became more and more drunk he became more and more talkative the recollection of his recent success in getting the situation seemed to revive him and was positively reflected in a sort of radiance on his face raskolnikov listened attentively that was five weeks ago sir yes as soon as katerina ivanovna and sonya heard of it mercy on us it was as though i stepped into the kingdom of heaven it used to be you can lie like a beast nothing but abuse now they were walking on tiptoe hushing the children semyon zaharovitch is tired with his work at the office he is resting Shh they made me coffee before i went to work and boiled cream for me they began to get real cream for me do you hear that and how they managed to get together the money for a decent outfit eleven roubles fifty kopecks i can't guess boots 
cotton shirt-fronts most magnificent a uniform they got up all in splendid style for eleven roubles and a half the first morning i came back from the office i found katerina ivanovna had cooked two courses for dinner soup and salt meat with horseradish which we had never dreamed of till then she has not any dresses none at all but she got herself up as though she were going on a visit and not that she'd anything to do it with she smartened herself up with nothing at all she'd done her hair nicely put on a clean collar of some sort cuffs and there she was quite a different person she was younger and better looking sonya my little darling had only helped with money for the time she said it won't do for me to come and see you too often after dark maybe when no one can see do you hear do you hear i lay down for a nap after dinner and what do you think though katerina ivanovna had quarrelled to the last degree with our landlady amalia fyodorovna only a week before she could not resist then asking her into coffee for two hours they were sitting whispering together semyon zaharovitch is in the service again now and receiving a salary says she and he went himself to his excellency and his excellency himself came out to him made all the others wait and led semyon zaharovitch by the hand before everybody into his study do you hear do you hear to be sure says he semyon zaharovitch remembering your past services says he and in spite of your propensity to that foolish weakness since you promised now and since moreover we've got on badly without you do you hear do you hear and so says he i rely now on your word as a gentleman and all that let me tell you she has simply made up for herself and not simply out of wantonness for the sake of bragging no she believes it all herself she amuses herself with her own fancies upon my word she does and i don't blame her for it no i don't blame her six days ago when i brought her my first earnings in full twenty-three roubles forty kopecks altogether she called me her poppet poppet said she my little poppet and when we were by ourselves you understand you would not think me a beauty you would not think much of me as a husband would you well she pinched my cheek my little poppet said she marmeladov broke off tried to smile but suddenly his chin began to twitch he controlled himself however the tavern the degraded appearance of the man the five nights in the hay barge and the pot of spirits and yet this poignant love for his wife and children bewildered his listener raskolnikov listened intently but with a sick sensation he felt vexed that he had come here honoured sir honoured sir cried marmeladov recovering himself oh sir perhaps all this seems a laughing matter to you as it does to others and perhaps i am only worrying you with the stupidity of all the trivial details of my home life but it is not a laughing matter to me for i can feel it all and the whole of that heavenly day of my life and the whole of that evening i passed in fleeting dreams of how i would arrange it all and how i would dress all the children and how i should give her rest and how i should rescue my own daughter from dishonour and restore her to the bosom of her family and a great deal more quite excusable sir well then sir marmeladov suddenly gave a sort of start raised his head and gazed intently at his listener well on the very next day after all those dreams that is to say exactly five days ago in the evening by a cunning trick like a thief in the night i stole from katerina ivanovna the key of her box took out what was left of my earnings how much it was i have forgotten and now look at me all of you it's the fifth day since i left home and they are looking for me there and it's the end of my employment and my uniform is lying in a tavern on the egyptian bridge i exchanged it for the garments i have on and it's the end of everything marmeladov struck his forehead with his fist clenched his teeth 
closed his eyes and leaned heavily with his elbow on the table but a minute later his face suddenly changed and with a certain assumed slyness and affectation of bravado he glanced at raskolnikov laughed and said this morning i went to see sonya i went to ask her for a pick-me-up <laughs> you don't say she gave it to you cried one of the newcomers he shouted the words and went off into a guffaw this very quart was bought with her money marmeladov declared addressing himself exclusively to raskolnikov thirty kopecks she gave me with her own hands her last all she had as i saw she said nothing she only looked at me without a word not on earth but up yonder they grieve over men they weep but they don't blame them they don't blame them but it hurts more it hurts more when they don't blame thirty kopecks yes and maybe she needs them now eh what do you think my dear sir for now she's got to keep up her appearance it costs money that smartness that special smartness you know do you understand and there's pomatum too you see she must have things petticoats starched ones shoes too real jaunty ones to show off her foot when she has to step over a puddle do you understand sir do you understand what all that smartness means and here i her own father here i took thirty kopecks of that money for a drink and i am drinking it and i have already drunk it come who will have pity on a man like me eh are you sorry for me sir or not tell me sir are you sorry or not he <laughs> he would have filled his glass but there was no drink left the pot was empty what are you to be pitied for shouted the tavern-keeper who was again near them shouts of laughter and even oaths followed the laughter and the oaths came from those who were listening and also from those who had heard nothing but were simply looking at the figure of the discharged government clerk to be pitied why am i to be pitied marmeladov suddenly declaimed standing up with his arm outstretched as though he had been only waiting for that question why am i to be pitied you say yes there's nothing to pity me for i ought to be crucified crucified on a cross not pitied crucify me o oh judge crucify me but pity me and then i will go off of myself to be crucified for it's not merry-making i seek but tears and tribulation do you suppose you that sell that this pint of yours has been sweet to me it was tribulation i sought at the bottom of it tears and tribulation and have found it and i have tasted it but he will pity us who has had pity on all men who has understood all men and all things he is the one he too is the judge he will come in that day and he will ask where is the daughter who gave herself for her cross consumptive stepmother and for the little children of another where is the daughter who had pity upon the filthy drunkard her earthly father undismayed by his beastliness and he will say come to me i have already forgiven thee once i have forgiven thee once thy sins which are many are forgiven thee for thou hast loved much and he will forgive my sonya he will forgive i know it i felt it in my heart when i was with her just now and he will judge and will forgive all the good and the evil the wise and the meek and when he has done with all of them then he will summon us you too come forth he will say come forth ye drunkards come forth ye weak ones come forth ye children of shame and we shall all come forth without shame and shall stand before him and he will say unto us ye are swine made in the image of the beast and with his mark but come ye also and the wise ones and those of understanding will say o lord why dost thou receive these men and he will say this is why i receive them o ye wise this is why i receive them o ye of understanding that not one of them believed himself to be worthy of this 
and he will hold out his hands to us and we shall fall down before him and we shall weep and we shall understand all things then we shall understand all and all will understand katerina ivanovna even she will understand lord thy kingdom come and he sank down on the bench exhausted and helpless looking at no one apparently oblivious of his surroundings and plunged in deep thought his words had created a certain impression there was a moment of silence but soon laughter and oaths were heard again that's his notion talked himself silly a fine clerk he is and so on and so on let us go sir said marmeladov all at once raising his head and addressing raskolnikov come along with me kozel's house looking into the yard i'm going to katerina ivanovna time i did raskolnikov had for some time been wanting to go and he had meant to help him marmeladov was much unsteadier on his legs than in his speech and leaned heavily on the young man they had two or three hundred paces to go the drunken man was more and more overcome by dismay and confusion as they drew nearer the house it's not katerina ivanovna i am afraid of now he muttered in agitation and that she will begin pulling my hair what does my hair matter bother my hair that's what i say indeed it will be better if she does begin pulling it that's not what i'm afraid of it's her eyes i am afraid of yes her eyes the red on her cheeks too frightens me and her breathing too have you noticed how people in that disease breathe when they are excited i am frightened of the children's crying too for if sonya has not taken them food i don't know what's happened i don't know but blows i am not afraid of no sir that such blows are not a pain to me but even an enjoyment in fact i can't get on without it it's better so let her strike me it relieves her heart it's better so there is the house the house of kozel the cabinet-maker a german well-to-do lead the way they went in from the yard and up to the fourth story the staircase got darker and darker as they went up it was nearly eleven o'clock and although in summer in petersburg there is no real night yet it was quite dark at the top of the stairs a grimy little door at the very top of the stairs stood ajar a very poor-looking room about ten paces long was lighted up by a candle end the whole of it was visible from the entrance it was all in disorder littered up with rags of all sorts especially children's garments across the farthest corner was stretched a ragged sheet behind it probably was the bed there was nothing in the room except two chairs and a sofa covered with american leather full of holes before which stood an old deal kitchen table unpainted and uncovered at the edge of the table stood a smouldering tallow candle in an iron candlestick it appeared that the family had a room to themselves not part of a room but their room was practically a passage the door leading to the other rooms or rather cupboards into which amalia lipivexel's flat was divided stood half open and there was shouting uproar and laughter within people seemed to be playing cards and drinking tea there words of the most unceremonious kind fled out from time to time raskolnikov recognized katerina ivanovna at once she was a rather tall slim and graceful woman terribly emaciated with magnificent dark brown hair and with a hectic flush in her cheeks she was pacing up and down in her little room pressing her hands against her chest her lips were parched and her breathing came in nervous broken gasps her eyes glittered as in fever and looked about with a harsh immovable stare and that consumptive and excited face with the last flickering light of the candle-end playing upon it made a sickening impression 
she seemed to raskolnikov about thirty years old and was certainly a strange wife for marmeladov she had not heard them and did not notice them coming in she seemed to be lost in thought hearing and seeing nothing the room was close but she had not opened the window a stench rose from the staircase but the door on to the stairs was not closed from the inner rooms clouds of tobacco smoke floated in she kept coughing but did not close the door the youngest child a girl of six was asleep sitting curled up on the floor with her head on the sofa a boy a year older stood crying and shaking in the corner probably he had just had a beating beside him stood a girl of nine years old tall and thin wearing a thin and ragged chemise with an ancient cashmere pelisse flung over her bare shoulders long outgrown and barely reaching her knees her arm as thin as a stick was round her brother's neck she was trying to comfort him whispering something to him and doing all she could to keep him from whimpering again at the same time her large dark eyes which looked larger still from the thinness of her frightened face were watching her mother with alarm marmeladov did not enter the door but dropped on his knees in the very doorway pushing raskolnikov in front of him the woman seeing a stranger stopped indifferently facing him coming to herself for a moment and apparently wondering what he had come for but evidently she decided that he was going into the next room as he had to pass through hers to get there taking no further notice of him she walked towards the outer door to close it and uttered a sudden scream on seeing her husband on his knees in the doorway ah she cried out in a frenzy he has come back the criminal the monster and where is the money what's in your pocket show me and your clothes are all different where are your clothes where is the money speak and she fell to searching him marmeladov submissively and obediently held up both arms to facilitate the search not a farthing was there where is the money she cried mercy on us can he have drunk it all there were twelve silver roubles left in the chest and in a fury she seized him by the hair and dragged him into the room marmeladov seconded her efforts by meekly crawling along on his knees and this is a consolation to me this does not hurt me but is a positive consolation honoured sir he called out shaken to and fro by his hair and even once striking the ground with his forehead the child asleep on the floor woke up and began to cry the boy in the corner losing all control began trembling and screaming and rushed to his sister in violent terror almost in a fit the eldest girl was shaking like a leaf he's drunk it he's drunk it all the poor woman screamed in despair and his clothes are gone and they are hungry hungry and wringing her hand she pointed to the children oh accursed life and you are you not ashamed she pounced all at once upon raskolnikov from the tavern have you been drinking with him you have been drinking with him too go away the young man was hastening away without uttering a word the inner door was thrown wide open and inquisitive faces were peering in at it coarse laughing faces with pipes and cigarettes and heads wearing caps thrust themselves in at the doorway further in could be seen figures in dressing-gowns flung open in costumes of unseemly scantiness some of them with cards in their hands they were particularly diverted when marmeladov dragged about by his hair shouted that it was a consolation to him they even began to come into the room at last a sinister shrill outcry was heard this came from amalia lipovexel herself pushing her way amongst them and trying to restore order after her own fashion 
and for the hundredth time to frighten the poor woman by ordering her with coarse abuse to clear out of the room next day as he went out raskolnikov had time to put his hand into his pocket to snatch up the coppers he had received in exchange for his rouble in the tavern and to lay them unnoticed on the window afterwards on the stairs he changed his mind and would have gone back what a stupid thing i've done he thought to himself they have sonya and i want it myself but reflecting that it would be impossible to take it back now and that in any case he would not have taken it he dismissed it with a wave of his hand and went back to his lodging sonya wants pomatum too he said as he walked along the street and he laughed malignantly such smartness costs money <laughs> and maybe sonya herself will be bankrupt to-day for there's always a risk hunting big game digging for gold then they would all be without a crust to-morrow except for my money hurrah for sonya what a mine they've dug there and they're making the most of it yes they're making the most of it they wept over it and grown used to it man grows used to everything the scoundrel he sank into thought and what if i am wrong he cried suddenly after a moment's thought what if man is not really a scoundrel man in general i mean the whole race of mankind then all the rest is prejudice simply artificial terrors and there are no barriers and it's all as it should be end of chapter two recording by expatriate in bangor maine